Welcome to Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. The only podcast to bring you insights on the world of hunting, fishing, and boating. With your host, J. Paul Jackson. You don't say much, do you? Now, load up and side in. This is On the X. Welcome to the Excel Boats on the X Podcast, powered by Mud Buddy Motors. I'm J. Paul Jackson, and today I'm joined by Keith from our home office, also known as Kevin. But uh, Keith from our home office, our, our, one of our main problem solvers, is back on here with me today. And also, we have returning uh, a previous guest, had a blast the last time that we had him on the podcast. Uh, we have Ryan Neely from Camp Chef back here with us today. Keith, Ryan, great to be here with you guys today. How y'all doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on. Yeah, now, y'all are both in Salt Lake. Ryan, what's the weather like there today? You know, I'm actually 80 miles north of Salt Lake, and uh, it is, uh, it is. I love spring. It's just, you know, we've been in just the nasty, you know, the tail end of winter just gets bad. Stuff starts closing down, you know, you're not, there's not a lot of hunting going on. But right now, it is nice. Spring day. It's the kind of day that you see the turkeys just, you know, strutting under those big willows that make you go, oh, yeah. It's Heck, spring yeah. That's so. what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a good day. Keith, what's it like down in West Jordan today? Yeah, a little cloudy, and we got rain coming up really hard all afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's typical Utah. You don't know whether to dress for winter or for summer, or you have to <laughs> change the clothes of both in the car, depending on the, the time of the day. I'm only, I'm only 80, hour, 80 miles north, so that rain, I think, is coming my way. Well, good. I hope it dumps on you more than here. It'll probably be, <laughs> probably be snow up where you're at, bro. <laughs> uh, we, had that, we had that on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you had snow on Monday? Well, it's, yeah, Utah. I mean, it's, it's like weather anywhere. The one thing you can count on weather is it's unpredictable. Yes. No doubt. And man, I'll tell you what, I should have been, and I'm, I'm about to say this, and it's kind of mean because I just left my veterinarian's office, you know, and he just watched him save one of our dogs right before my eyes. So this doesn't apply to all of them, but I've always thought I should have been a weatherman or a veterinarian because all you've got to do is look good and sound like you know what you're talking about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, with the veterinarians, it's because they're Patients can't tell them what's wrong, but, you know, so all the vets out there have tremendous respect for you guys, but, you know, sometimes it seems like you're talking to a weather forecaster. They never get it right, although today it is 82, sunshine, gentle breeze here in northwest Tennessee. It is gorgeous. Now that sounds like a day to get cooking on the patio. There you go. Brother, hey, I got my three burner. I've got my three burner. Uh and my grill box that I brought out yesterday, uh, moved it from the garage around to the patio, and I am going to be grilling fish on the camp chef tonight. And that's no bull. I really am. Awesome. That's good. I, that, yeah, I love uh, cooking out. I, mean, I do year-round, you know, I guess it's part of my life. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, there's just something nice when you can just kick back, relax, and hang out by the grill with a drink. It's fun. Yeah, I intend to do that this evening. I, I got to get a pellet uh, 
a pellet grill also. I don't have a pellet grill, but man, the thing I love about your grill box is on that three burner, you know, it only takes up two burners, so it leaves me an extra one that, where I can, you know, be, tonight I'll, I'll be probably uh, sauteing some vegetables to go along with this grilled fish, and I'm gonna grill some asparagus, and uh, your grill box, man, it just gives such great flavor to anything that you cook on that grill. Yeah, that grill box is, it's a, you know, cast iron grates, and it, the stoves put out so much heat. The cool thing about the stove system that you talk about, Jay Paul, is how versatile it is, you know, and, and you can just, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to eat, you can take it and grab it with you and go. Um, but not only that, there's all those cool accessories that you can put on it. You know, if you're doing fish tonight, you could get one of those. Um, we have a stone uh, a oven that goes on, cooks like a brick oven or a wood-fired pizza oven. Mm -hmm. You know, you throw that fish on a cedar plank, like get a cedar plank soak it in water um, for about 30 minutes or so. And then you can either put it on the grill or in a, in the, a really high heat oven, like the one I'm talking about. Yeah. And, uh, that, you know, put some lemon on there, that cedar flavor, the wood flavor gets into the, into the fish and it, it just tastes so good. That's one of my favorite things to do. I don't have the pizza oven. I got to get hooked up with you and get one of those to go on top yeah. of this. You know, you talk about taking it anywhere. So the reason it was in my garage and I moved it around to my patio is because just last week we had a really unseasonably cool night and we were had a double header at the softball park. And so uh, I took my, my three burner uh, out to the ballpark with me and um, I also took uh, my, my grill box and I made a pot of gumbo during the first ball game and we grilled duck in the grill box and we had a, a uh, we had a duck gumbo along with grilled duck right there at the ballpark and the people in the concession stands got mad at me because everybody was coming outside to get a bowl of my gumbo and a piece of that duck instead of buying hamburgers and hot dogs and that's what it's all about that's that's what it's all about right there is you know taking that stuff with you it's you know it's not always about it just elevates any outdoor experience, like you're saying, softball or sitting in the duck blind. I mean, oh, yeah. I've been there on, on days in the duck blind when it's just, it's cold and wet or whatever, nothing's flying, you know, and you're just, basically, you're just sitting there freezing your butt off, hoping a mallard flies by. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you have a grill there. You've got some food there that's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it just oh, makes, it was awesome. Make, it, it just makes that experience more enjoyable. You know, whether you limit out in 30 minutes or, you know, you only shoot one, you only pull the trigger once during the day, it, it just makes that outdoor experience so much better. No doubt. No doubt. You know, outdoor experience, speaking of, the last time we were on here, Keith gave me a great recipe for kind of a mountain man breakfast. And I want you to know, Keith, that the next time that the next time we went out hunting, I went down to the blind. I wanted to do a Facebook Live of this also, Ryan. But unfortunately, I found out that when you're in a concrete pit in the boot hill of Missouri, you do not have any cell service for doing any kind of live broadcast. But I took my uh, cast iron Dutch oven that you sent me, and uh, the ducks weren't really flying that great. It was drizzling rain for a little while. We knew the sun was going to come out and they were going to pick up, so while we were waiting on that, man, we had an unbelievable breakfast and Keith that recipe that you gave me was off the hook 
And I like it, Jay Paul, because it's just simple. It's easy. I did it. Um, what day did I do it? Oh, I did it last Friday for the shop. They're all like, hey, we haven't had breakfast in a while. So I went to Candace, got a couple bucks, and we ate really, really good last week out of our cast iron skillets and, and Dutch ovens for uh, a Mountain Man breakfast. I like it because it's just simple. Throw it in the pan, cover it, heat it, and you're good to go. Yeah, the only thing that I deviated a little bit because I had my big you know, Camp Chef cast iron skillet there also. So I actually, to get them really, really good and brown, I browned my uh, hash browns in the cast iron skillet and then transferred them uh, over to the uh, to the Dutch oven. Okay. But man, it I took a little bit of the grease from the sausage and browned them in that a little bit too. And man, they were good. That That was just phenomenal. You know, and cast iron cooking is, is the way to go anyway. But, you know, you know with the – go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say cast iron really is. If you're – you know, if uh, – take a look at whatever you've got in your kitchen. And if you don't have a cast iron pan and a Dutch oven, cast iron Dutch oven, you've got to get one. Um, those are those are two things that, that you always want to have to cook with. I – you know, for searing, you can pull it from the oven to the stovetop, you know, beat it up, take it to camp. Um, it, it, there's something about how it, the way that it cooks, it sears really, really well. Cast iron is one of the best cooking materials that's out there. I think that's why, I mean, shoot, they've been using cast iron for, I don't know, hundreds of years. And, um, you know, it's still today one of the best cooking materials you you have so it's just so good I, I love using mine i use it i use i've got several different cast iron pans and i use them all the time you know i, I use it for cooking fish and stuff too and and if you talk about searing uh the other night i, I did a uh, seared tuna and, and we uh -huh. had some really nice wild caught tuna fillets that uh buddy of mine had sent to me and uh you know, and I took them, and I really like that sushi-grade, you know, sashimi-grade tuna when it's just cooked on the outside and the outside only, and it's still just, you know, raw in the middle. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's sushi. It's, you know, you can eat it that way just fine. But for, for grilling, it's okay. You know, grilling the fish like that, it's tough to not overcook it. But with that cast iron skillet, you know, you get the skillet really, really hot and you get just a little bit of oil, you know, like a grapeseed or something that has a very high burn point, but doesn't impart a lot of taste to the meat. And you can slap that on there, uh, you know, and just for 15 seconds on each side and, and take your tongs and roll it around the edges to hit the edge of it and boom, it's ready to go. That sounds awesome. I love, you know, a good... You know, seared tuna is great. I love that. And, you know, you talk about searing tuna and, and getting that on the outside, but raw on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I wouldn't do raw, but you <laughs> know, when you're talking about wild game, and, and we've talked about this before, but oh, got to be cool in the center. Waterfowl, you know, as soon as you overcook, yeah, I've heard people say, oh, that tastes like a muddy ditch. It's because you overcooked it. Amen. You know, yeah. If you if you cook that to a rare, a medium rare, you know, you could grab a thermometer, cook it to 125 degrees, um, and 
and that will that will be delicious. Whether you smoke it in a cast iron pan, any ways you do that. But you know, earlier you mentioned a pellet grill. Throw it on your pellet grill. There's a thermometer there, and measure, watch that temperature. And uh, when it hits around a, a, a rare, medium rare, pull it off. You know, you can slice that up and eat it. There's a million different ways you can do that. We can get a little more more specific later, but I think there's so many different options there, especially with wild game. Don't overcook your meat. Amen. Hey, I've got a question for you, Ryan. Yeah. So, so the other day, um, I was at a buddy's duck camp, and we went by to do a little bit of spring cleaning and stuff. And outside in their garage, there's this big uh, old cast iron skillet, and it's it's rusted up pretty dang good. And he was fixing to pitch it. And I'm like, no, do not pitch that thing. He's like, it's ruined. I said, oh heck no, it is definitely not ruined. And, and uh, you know, I've got, I, I picked it up. Well, so here, you can have it. I ain't going to mess with it. So I took it home, and I've got it there in my garage. And this weekend, one of my weekend projects is going to be to reclaim and reseason that old cast iron skillet. If you've got a piece of cast iron like that that has been neglected, and, and luckily for this one, there's not a lot of caked on to it. It's just more rusted and no longer properly seasoned. How do you um, – revitalize that piece of cast iron do you have a good recipe for doing that you know there's a lot of ways there um there's a lot of different ways you can do it i'm going to suggest two really quick sure um if the if the rust isn't bad if it's okay if it if you know you're at a garage sale or something and you see an old piece of cast iron um grab it and you can you can bring that back to life easily um so if the rust isn't bad, if it's an okay condition, but it does need some love, um, this is going to sound odd, but grab a can of Coca-Cola um, and and soak the skillet in or the cast iron Dutch oven, whatever it is. Um, soak it in Coca-Cola. Do that for a few hours, and then you should be able to just get like a um, steel wool or an abrasive brush and mm-hmm. and get all that off. And then once you do that, we have a camp chef or camp chef makes a, um, Oh, why can't I think of the name right now? Conditioner, a, ca- a conditioner. Yeah. A cast iron conditioner. Um, or you can use a, an olive oil. The cast iron conditioner is going to do a, a better job, but you can pull just an olive oil or, or something from the, from the canola. Um, yeah, that'll work. A more high temp oil is probably going to be better, but anyway, um, wipe it down with that and put it in the oven and bake it, you know, for a while at, at like 400 degrees. Um, the other method, what I would recommend, um, if it's if it's really rusty, if it's heavily damaged, um, the other thing you can do is get a grinder. This is going to sound crazy, but just put a soft brush on the end of that grinder or, you know, get, a, again, steel wool or a steel brush. And just give it some elbow grease and scrub that hard and get all that rust off of there. Um, again, this is going to depend on how bad of condition it is. Um, and if you have the tools necessary, you can honestly do this in less than five minutes. Um, so once you do that, get all the rust clean. Uh, then what you'll want to do is, yeah, heat up your, your cast iron piece. Um, Oh, you can do this over the stovetop in the oven. 
You can do this outside on the grill. Um, I would recommend doing it outside because it's going to get smoky. Um, so if you're in the house, open up the windows. Um, and then once you heat that up, pull it out of the oven, get some rubber gloves or, or use hot pads or something, pull it out. And then um, just get that cast iron conditioner, throw it on a rag and completely coat the, the cast iron or skillet with cast iron conditioner. Um, you can pick this up from Camp Chef. Um, but yeah, coat it all with that and then put it back in the oven. Um, and I didn't know this. This was interesting to me, but, you know, things expand and contract with heat. Um, sure. Whether they're hot or cold. And as, as cast iron expands, it's actually porous. And so um, that oil will go into those pores and kind of fill that in. So that's the reason you need to heat that up. And then I never knew that. Rub, I didn't know that either, uh, but it made a lot of sense. I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense for why this whole process works and why you need to do that. Um, anyway, get the conditioner on there, pull it out, let it cool, and it'll be like new. It really is like new. We've got, you can go to our YouTube page and search our YouTube page for like restoring a, a rusty Dutch oven. And there's some videos there that kind of go through that process. And you'll see the new, the restored Dutch oven almost looks better than, than the new Dutch oven. So it, you know, just a little bit of time and you can do that whole thing in probably, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, but most of that time is heating and cooling that Dutch oven. So that's great, man. I'm going to, yeah. uh, I'm going to work on that this weekend and I'll take a couple of pictures, give you a little bit of before and after on the Dude. deal. Yeah. You should, yeah, take some pictures and share them with me because that's, it's amazing what you can do. You'd see something, you're like, man, that's a hunk of garbage. You know, the only thing that's good for is an anchor. But, <laughs> you know, then you, you can bring that thing back to life and you'll be cooking on it. You'll use it for years. Well, yeah. I think those photos, Jay Paul, would be good to show your buddy too. Look what you did, you moron. You know, you get. <laughs> Yeah, thought was the garbage, and I turned it into a gem, and I'm using it. You know. Yeah. Damn. The other thing you want, the other thing you know, with with cast iron, a lot of people are worried. Well, conditioning it is difficult, and blah blah blah. It's not. It's really super simple. Um, I, you know, I and I have been cooking with uh, greasy foods or whatever. Um, you have a steak in there or something. Those oils and things will help just build up a patina on that cast iron. Um, mm -hmm. and over time, it's just going to get better and better. The more use it gets, I've always said it's, it's kind of like whiskey and women because it just gets better with age. And, <laughs> hey, and that, that's that's kind of how, how that cast iron works. The more and more you use it, it's going to get, it's going to get better. So, um, you know, people are also concerned about cleaning cast iron. Oh, I've never yeah. had a problem with, uh, you know, scrubbing it, scrubbing it hard or even using a small dab of soap. Um, people are going to get mad. I just said that, but I just use a small dab of soap. And, and as long as you're not scraping that patina off, you're fine. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of times when I'm particularly if I'm in the dug blind or something like that, and I want to, I want to clean it really good. You know, I'll take a bottle of water and, uh, and, uh, uh, pour some water in it and put it on top of the three burner and, and, you know, fire it up, boil that, get that water boiling hot inside there. And it'll, you know, break up 
whatever yeah. that you really need to get out of there. A little, uh, I, I keep a couple of cast iron brushes. They're, they're stiff bristle plastic brushes. And I mean, there's no need to really wash it. Or I mean, first of all, you've sanitized it when you've boiled it anyway. Yeah, you don't have to worry about germs or cleanliness or anything like that, you know, because you, you're firing up, getting it well over 230, 240 degrees, you know, above 210, that boiling point. Scrub that sucker out, uh, you know, set it aside, make sure all the water runs out of it where it doesn't rust. The heat of the cast iron as it cools, it's also going to cause that water and moisture to evaporate and go away and, uh, you know, rub a little bit of oil on it and man, you're ready to go for the next time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and heat does, you know, keep in mind, I said one of the great things about cast iron is you can beat it up and take it to camp with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cleaning in camp is hard or cleaning in the duck blind, you know, what are your cleaning tools? It's, it's hard because you're not packing a sink with you. Um, right. You know, you so keep in mind heat, heat will sanitize. So, um, you know, if you have something banging around your blind bag, a small skillet or something, you can pull that out, rinse it out. Just make sure there's no dirt or nothing in there. Um, and as long as you, you know, heat that up, put a little bit of oil in there, you're fine. You're, yep, you'll you're... be just fine and, and uh, you'll be good. But, yeah, just make sure it's hot and that'll be totally sanitized, ready to go. Cool. Hey, Keith, quick question for you. Uh, I think you told us the last time you're not a fish person. Is that right? Not really. You know what? I, I went out this last um, snow season and I went ice fishing twice for the first time with, with Jason and also Travis over backwater performances. Cause Travis, Travis is because he's got everything and about three <laughs> of them. And I enjoyed fishing. I like to eat fish. I just don't fish much, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to, to catch on to it you know growing up in california racing dirt bikes and and cars and all that kind of stuff we didn't have time to hunt and fish that wasn't our thing but i'm slowly working into that and i'm enjoying it you know so. well this is fishing season that's why i ask and i wanted one of you guys if you could before we go here uh you know i've been spending a lot of time out on the water on the bay pro i caught a bunch of redfish down in louisiana with the new pro 230 a couple of weeks ago down below new orleans and uh that we just had a full moon and we've been catching uh, shell crackers like crazy there's the brim are spawning right now can one of you give me a good outdoor fish recipe before we go go ahead ryan <laughs> all right I'm, I'm sitting here thinking you know which one i i knew that question was going to get asked so i'm like well there's like 20 different things you can do you know, and, and as i'm thinking let me tell you this let me tell you this as I'm thinking, you want to know what the common thread is between there's basically three different ways that I thought, well, he's going to ask for a recipe. Which one should I say? And I'm thinking through like a bunch of different things. You know what I know? Common thread is wood. What? Wood. Okay. So I've got three different things um, that you can do. I'm going to say. Okay, cedar so plank salmon. I bet's one of them. Cedar plank. Cedar on a cedar plank, like I mentioned earlier, it's just so good. You can soak that cedar plank in water for 30 minutes to an hour, throw it on the grill, do it in indirect, um, in indirect heat, and that fish is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be excellent. Um, do that with any fish. Um, most, most fishes are going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another great option is, you know, smoking. 
smoked fish is delicious. It just adds another flavor, super moist, super tender. Um, and uh, that's one of the best things you can do. You know, I think, you know, Camp Chef makes these pellet grills that make smoking and getting that wood fire flavor just so simple and easy. You know, you turn it to the low temp, like, you know, 200 degrees and just smoke it for a little while. And uh, until that fish is done and, and fully cooked, it'll be delicious. No doubt about that. Um, you know, and again, with cooking, don't get too caught up in seasonings or whatever. Um, I think the natural flavors of that fish will really come out as you smoke it. Uh, you can use salt and pepper or like a, just an all-purpose type seasoning, whatever sounds good to you, and, and then start exploring with it. The third thing I'm going to say is uh, those, those two first suggestions are something you might want to do on the patio or, or back at home or somewhere where you've got the ability to have a big grill or smoke. Um, the last one is when you're on the river, uh, you know, out here in the West, I've, I don't do a lot of fly fishing, but I've, I've, like, I do some fly fishing. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my favorite things is to catch a trout on the fly. And then, you know, as you're on the river, whatever, go back to camp that day and then cook it in the fire. Um, and that is so good. I, I remember one of the best um, fish I've ever had. We did it over the fire. So we just cleaned it, gutted mm -hmm. the fish put a stick through it and then we found some like juniper that was close by we stuffed mm -hmm. it with juniper and some salt and pepper and olive oil that we had in camp and cooked it over the fire and it was so good the, <laughs> the, that that flavor just was infused in the fish and it was delicious um and it's you know basically very similar to having a smoked fish uh, a little bit harder to do because you're trying to control the fire and control all this stuff rather than setting a smoker to a certain degree at home but um all of those are phenomenal and, and the common tie there i think was wood and getting the wood flavor that's really cool smoking one, yeah one thing that's nice about those uh, pellet grills jay paul is we've got them here at work and i've got one at home if you just watch the temperature it's so nice because you don't worry about flare up like your old grill where you're like you're running out there shoot it's on fire and my family, I mean, I smoke probably at least two to three times a week, whether it's burgers. My family favorite is tri-tip. Uh, get that thing to about 130, throw it on the sear box and get a nice crust on the outside. My family loves that. And they're like, Dad, you're doing so much better than when we had that barbecue. Because I would forget about it and run out in the backyard and I've got this flame. And with that pellet grill, it, you don't have to worry about that. And it just... It just makes everything taste better. It's simple. Simple. That's all yeah. that's what I like about it. It's simple. You can only screw it up by doing too much to it. You know? That's yeah, cool. Exactly. I like that. You put, you put that well. You put that pretty well. You know? Keep it simple, stupid. Let's say I'm, I'm good at the yeah. stupid part. So. <laughs> yeah. last, last month at work, you know, we, are, we do our monthly cookout here at Mud Buddy, and uh, the Glen do, which we appreciate tremendously. Um, you know, we went and bought, um, I think it was six or seven tri-tips and marinated them just really lightly with a little bit of um, a seasoning on them and a little salt and pepper and smoked them for about two and a half to three hours. Got the internal temperature about 140 because some people like it rare. Some people like it a little more cooked. And when they're sturdy of you, you're trying to make everybody happy. But, dude, there was nothing left. I mean, it was the, there wasn't one piece of meat left. You know, it was just gone. And it was simple. You know, just, that is yeah. awesome. 
Well, I always, gonna... I always su- oh, I was just going to say, I always suggest start out simple. Yeah. There's no reason to complicate things. And then once you start exploring stuff, you know, find your own niche, get, get creative and start doing all this crazy stuff. But oh, I, yeah, I start out simple and have fun from there. I, wanna... I don't have a, Go ahead, Keith. Oh, I, just, I, I, I follow this Facebook page. I don't know. It's called the Camp Chef Grill Owners. And these guys, um, if you have a question about how to smoke something, it's amazing what they do. And I'm just, I'm sit there and look at these posts all day long. It's like, never thought about smoking that. Oh, I didn't know you could smoke that. I mean, hard boiled eggs, just anything. And if you have a question, you throw that out there on that group. It's all positive. There's no, you know, most Facebook things, there's a ton of negativity. These right. are all about their grills and how to use stuff and how um, they've done it. And I, it's probably one of the best groups I belong to, just as far as. Yeah. There, so, so, Keith, there's that one. And then there's also another one called Camp Chef Smokers Smokers. Oh, okay. All right. Camp that. Chef Smokers Smokers. Look those guys up, too, because okay. both of those groups are. It's funny. You, you, I see people with random questions that I'm like, oh, yeah, as, a, as an employee of Camp Chef, I know all the answers to that. Maybe I'll chime in and I look at all the comments and I'm like, oh, these guys already got it covered. And it's like, <laughs> you know, over and over and over. So it's, it's, yeah, those little forms or those, those groups are awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check them both out yeah. for sure. Wow. Well, guys, and, speaking and just of. A, just a disclaimer. Just a disclaimer, neither of those groups are run. I mean, I here at Camp Chef, we have no control over those. Right. Um, those are just some fan, you know, there's some, the, the administrators, they just started those pages on their own um, and started doing them. And now, you know, we know who those administrators are, but we have no, um, as funny as it is, we have no control or influence for what happens there. Influence, I guess we do, because we're making the products and, that kind of thing, but um, yeah. But they're independent, is what you're saying. Take. Yeah, those are totally independent. Pages, well, so. One thing I've really noticed about that, Ryan, and it speaks um, volume about Camp Chef, the company you work for. When people have a question or an issue, I mean, your guys' customer service ratings got to be off the charts because everybody who's ever had a, uh, an issue, when they say, hey, contact con- you know, camp chef, they get right back on and say, Hey, you know what? I called their customer service department. They told me what I needed to do. They sent me the part free of charge. And it's amazing. I mean, to see zero negativity on that one that I follow um, for camp chefs, customer service. You guys are just outstanding at that part of it. And that's, that's why I use camp chef and not, nobody else. Yeah. Well, oh, we, wanna st- we stand behind our products and we want to make sure that the end user is happy. So, Well, and they're great products. I mean, everything, you know, that I've got Camp Chef, and I've got a lot of your products now, you know, they all hold up. That's, I mean, these are products that are made to be taken out into the wild. And if you're going to do that, it's got to hold up. And the durability and performance has been great. Unfortunately, now I'm going to have to get a pellet uh, grill because I don't have one of those. I'm hoping that when we get done recording here in a minute, Ryan, you know a guy that can hook me up with one maybe at a little I, bit of a discount. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about this already. Hey, yeah. one, of the, one of the cool things about living here in Utah and Camp Chef's a local Utah company is you're driving down the road and you see these Camp Chef pellet grills 
hanging off the back of RVs, when they're heading out to the mountains, when they're <laughs> the back of their trucks. I mean, these people don't just use them at home. If you've got a small portable generator, you're smoking. You know, that's, that's what it is. And it's just funny how many you see running up and down I-15 like I do 100 miles a day. How many smokers you see hanging in the back of a truck or off the back of their RV? It's just crazy. Yeah, wow, that, that is cool, I bet. I know it's got to make you proud, Ryan. I mean, it's kind of like for us when we're passing Excel boat on the road. It's just like, wow, you know, that, that's, that's really, really cool. Well, guys, we're about out of time here today. But as always, it's been a pleasure to have you, Ryan. I appreciate the, the tips on cast iron and the recipes. Uh, Keith, man. You're the man out there. Thank you for joining us. I'm coming to see you guys very, very soon now also. And, Keith, you're going to have to cook for me when I do. Well, you just got to let me know when you're coming so we can, uh, we can throw something out there. I, I well, love to cook on that, that pellet grill. It's my yeah, you're going to have to teach me. By then, hopefully I'll have mine. And uh, you, can, you can give me a little bit of instruction. No problem. All right, guys. Ryan, thank you very much. Keith, and uh, for all you guys out there listening, hope you enjoyed it today. And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Excel Boats on the X podcast, powered by Mud Muddy Motors.